Make sure you're subscribed to Issues Etc. Type Issues Etc. in your podcast provider, hit that subscribe button, and leave us a five-star review. This will make it easier for other podcast listeners to find Issues Etc. First Amendment rights are especially important when they are under pressure, when we are tempted to compromise those rights because of a crisis or an emergency. That's precisely when we need to double down and say, no, whenever we give up these rights, historically, bad things happen. Bottom line is the world always does the world in a much more compelling fashion than the church does. People should study the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod and how it saved its seminary in the early 70s in a conflict that's called Seminex, because it might be one of the real examples of saving an institution that was going in the other direction. It was Luther's letter to the Christians of Frankfurt. They weren't quite certain about their pastor. He said, look, just ask him, what's in your hand? What are you putting in my mouth? And if he can't say the body of Christ, run. Don't stay there. Leave. Nonagenarians in Northern Virginia love listening to issues, etc. while lounging in their lazy boys. Okay, Google, play Lutheran Talk Radio. Streaming Lutheran Talk Radio from TuneIn. Yes, our language does change, and our dictionaries change slowly to reflect how our use of words changes slowly over time. The Cambridge Dictionary has actually done something that dictionaries don't usually do. They've turned that around. Instead of trying to reflect the common usage of the word woman, they're trying to drive it into a new definition. And all they had to do is just change the definition of the word man and woman in their dictionary. Why did they do it? They said to include transgender people. Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for tuning us in live on this Thursday afternoon, the 15th of December. David Harsani of The Federalist joins us to talk about the Cambridge Dictionary's new definition for man and woman. Then we'll review the movie The Menu with Pastor Ted Geese. He teaches a course for Concordia Lutheran Theological Seminary titled A Lutheran Approach to Art, Media, and Film. David Harsani is senior editor at The Federalist and author of a recent column titled Why the Redefinition of the Word Woman Matters. David, welcome back. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So how did the Cambridge Dictionary recently change the definitions of the words woman and man? Well, initially the definition was a female, for instance, would be an adult who is a member of, you know, the female of the human race, I think it was. I forget the exact wording. And it was changed to something like an adult who lives and identifies as a female, though they may have been, quote, assigned a different sex at birth. To be fair, they also changed the definition of man to reflect the same kind of redefinition, didn't they? Same exact, yeah, same exact redefinition for both. I just picked female to quote. What reason did Cambridge University Press give for making this change? Well, essentially they said that there had been a change in the way we use language, the patterns in which way people talk about women and men, and that the definition thus should be changed because language grows and language changes through the years, which obviously is true that it does change, but very rarely does language change to, you know, in the sense of changing the fundamental meaning of a word. It just changes in in how perhaps we use it, or maybe it grows to mean other things as well. But it doesn't, there is no other word I can think of that's changed in the dictionary over over the past few years or decades that fundamentally changes the meaning of a word to mean something else. 
what do you make of this idea that they're simply reflecting kind of the way that the majority of English speakers are using this word? Oh, we're just reflecting the colloquialisms of Americans today. What do you make of that claim? Well, hey, I, don't, I just don't believe that that's true. I just don't believe that most Americans believe that you can just simply change your gender because of how you feel or because of how you view the world. I just don't believe that that's true. But even if it were true, I hope that the dictionary doesn't just give in to whatever most people say. The, the, the dictionary is supposed to be the place that we go that defines the word. It's supposed to lead people with clarity, with historical meanings of words, with the history of words, etymology of words. So that's not the reason they gave, really. They didn't say there was some majoritarian change in, in the word. They just changed the meaning of it, in my opinion, because it's obviously a very vocal minority that wants it changed, and that's why they did it. What do you make of the claim that Cambridge updated its definitions to include transgender people? It doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, as I, you know, I wrote about that today. I just... It would be like saying, here are white people, here are black people, here are Asian people. We're going to just include Asians with white people now. So you could do that, but that changes what it means to be both Asian and white. And if you're going to completely redefine what a word means, you should give and explain your reason for that. And I don't know of any other word where any dictionary has changed the meaning of some characteristic of human biology or, you know, physiology that define what a woman and a man is, also our genes, and just simply change it to include someone else who has different genes, different features that we've agreed upon for thousands of years make the sexes different. You say that this is an example of ideas corrupting language and language corrupting ideas. What do you mean by that? Well, that, that comes from Orwell's famous essay on political language. And he's basically talking about euphemisms, which is also a big problem. But what happens is when you want to circumvent a debate or when you just want to compel basically people to believe an idea, the easiest way to do that is to just change what words mean and make them say the things that you believe by changing the meaning of the words that they're using. And that is, this is a, a clear example of that, where we, we had a forever understanding of, of what a woman and a man was. And we're debating that now. Let's just concede that we're, we're debating it. I don't think it's much of a debate, but let's just say we're debating it. And they say, well, debate's over because we're just going to change what the meaning means in the dictionary. And we're just going to make you and compel you to use the word in that context. So that's what I'm, I'm basically talking about. What do you make of the now common phrases, gender affirming care and conversion therapy? I mean, they're odious euphemisms because one of them maintains it's the very wording of it affirming your gender the therapy that they're talking about means the opposite of what the word is telling you it means to affirm your gender is to affirm the gender that you're born because it's the only gender you can have and on the other hand then they talk about conversion therapy the conversion therapy is when you tell a little boy that he can only be a little boy and not a girl so it's incredibly Orwellian. It's literally the definition of what Orwell was speaking about in 1984 with Newspeak. Why has the Democratic Party, especially its leadership, so quickly adopted this new lexicon with its definitions? Well, I think part of it is that they are constantly looking for victims to defend a new civil rights crusade that they can get behind and a way, frankly, to smear the, op you know, the, the political opposition. Part of that social conservatives 
as closed-minded. And this is perfect for them. I mean, we talk about this issue so much. It takes up so much oxygen. And we're talking about what, what less than 1% of the population. So I think that it's just, they see it as, you know, it's just cynical political opportunism, basically. And also, it, it probably has something as well to do with just the culture war and how it is. People immediately take a side and they, and some of it is good intention in the sense that, that you want to protect you know, a minority or, or what have you. But the problem is that when you start compelling everyone to adopt what I think is just stupid ideas, then you start, as I said before, you know, corroding both language and ideas at the same time because they're tethered together, those two things. President Biden recently expressed what sounded like his unqualified support for children receiving puberty-blocking hormones, cosmetic surgery, and what amounts to genital mutilation, all in the name of gender affirmation. How do you react? Not well. I, you know, I think it's uh, fair to say that those things qualify in my view as child abuse. And at the very least, we should be asking children to wait until they grow up, until they're at least 18, before they make life-altering decisions. Obviously, kids are still discovering the world, discovering themselves. I mean, we know that never really ends. But when you're young, you don't know enough about the world to make these sorts of decisions. I'm not saying they don't need, the children who, who suffer from this sort of thing don't need to, to to go to a psychiatrist or don't need help or, or anything like that. I'm saying that there comes a time where you're talking about a literal mutilation, that it is beyond, um, it is mind boggling that the president would come out and just simply make, make a statement of that sort. And it's again, just cynical opportunism. There's no way that Joe Biden who's what 80 years old believes what, he, what, what he's saying about gender affirmation. Just no way. Why do you think so many Americans appear at least unconcerned about transgender ide- ideology? No, because I don't think it affects most people in, in their everyday lives. It's the same reason it's very easy for some political person to, to say, you know, we must protect transgender children from the callous, you know, social conservatives. It's easy to say because they can score some points, but they don't. Their con- constituency doesn't really have to deal with most of the time with, for instance, a boy being in a daughter's locker room or something like that. But I just don't think it matters to people because, let's say, taxes do or some economic policy or even social policy like abortion, which is far more widespread debate than than this one, because, like I say, it just doesn't affect them in their everyday lives most of the time. Is this kind of Orwellian use of language sustainable? Well, it's not. I mean, is it going to diminish? No, it's going to get worse and worse because most of the institutions from the the publishing companies to the editors of the dictionaries to the movie makers to the college professors are captured by this kind of ideology. And it moves so quickly, you know, five years ago, everyone would have agreed on what a man and a woman is definition, but now it changes so quickly. And all those institutions are captured by that kind of ideology. So they're going to participate in this kind of Orwellian or corrosion of language. It isn't sustainable in the end because it is an attack on reason and rational thinking and biology and on people. So I hope at least that it won't continue, but it is definitely not something that's going to go away tomorrow.
David Harsani is senior editor at The Federalist. He's author of a recent column for The Federalist titled Why the Redefinition of the Word Woman Matters. You can read it at our website, issuesetc.org. Click Talk On Demand Archives. David, thanks. Thank you. We will review the movie The Menu with Pastor Ted Geese right after the break. Archbooks Treasury Christmas Collection is the perfect Christmas gift for children, grandchildren, and godchildren ages 5 through 9. This new resource is published by Concordia Publishing House. Their phone number, 1-800-325-3040. You can also purchase Archbooks Treasury Christmas Collection at issuesetc.org. The Issues Etc. Book of the Month for December, Archbooks Treasury Christmas Collection, 1-800-325-3040 or issuesetc.org. Metro East Lutheran High School in Edwardsville, Illinois, is looking for an English teacher with a master's degree for the 2023-24 school year. Edwardsville is 30 minutes from downtown St. Louis. The position would involve teaching upper-level, dual-credit English classes. For more information, send an email to Principal Jay Krause, J-A-Y-K-R-A-U-S-E, at M-E-L-H-S dot org, Krause at M-E-L-H-S dot org. We love our on-demand listeners. You're listening to Issues Etc. Not everyone is comfortable with new technology. Dial A Podcast gives all generations of your congregation an easy way to hear your sermons or even devotionals and Bible studies. Once you've completed a simple one-time setup, we take care of the rest. All your congregants have to do is dial the number from any phone to listen to your latest podcast, all at no additional cost to them. Dial A Podcast. Extend the reach of your sermons. Get started at dialapodcast.com now. Do you want your neighbors and community to see what you're celebrating this Christmas season? Why not display an outdoor nativity in front of your home or church? It's a great way to show others what Christmas is all about, the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Check out the Outdoor Nativity Store at outdoornativitystore.com. Durable, affordable, and American-made nativities Outdoornativitystore.com. OutdoorNativityStore.com. 